All right, you guys ready to do this one more time? This chapel's a little emptier tonight, huh? You guys are the survivors, okay? You made it. You made it this far. Um, all right. Hey, if you have your Bibles with you, do me a favor, pull them out right now and open up to John chapter 14. Hey, John chapter 14. And we're going to land here in just a minute, but I want to give us a little bit of a, a flyby of where we've been this week. Okay, you guys had a good week though, thus far? Yeah! Awesome. Awesome. I love this place. I love Hume. I hope this is a place that you keep coming back to for a long time. But my, my heart for tonight, and what I hope to, to challenge you with slightly, is that, that this wouldn't just be a place that you come year after year, and it's like this one week of your life that you feel like, oh man, like this is, Hume is where I feel God. Hume is where I experience God. Hume is where I, I get to worship like I don't worship anywhere else. Hume is, it, 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 it's where I really experience him and I dive into his word and there's this, you know, speaker guy and recreation and you're in creation and it's beautiful and I just can't wait to go back to Hume. I, here's my hope. My hope is that you look forward to Hume every year, but it's not because this is the only place where you kind of just like re-up on Christianity every year. My hope is and my prayer is that this is something that you walk out day in and day out for the rest of your life. Some of you made decisions last night for the very first time. And you got to, you know what I love? I love coming to chapel on Friday night or the day after gospel because I get to watch some of you worship the God of the universe that yesterday you didn't know, you weren't in relationship with, and today you stand up and you worship him as son, as daughter. You walk into his presence completely covered and paid for by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and it's the coolest thing to watch. But here, my, my prayer is that this would some, be something that you walk out, okay, not just at Hume, but for the rest of your life, right? Imagine with me just for a second. I was kind of joking with your counselors about this this morning, but on August 11th, uh, 2018, I married Paige Finkemeyer, okay? What a last name. She went from Paige Finkemeyer to Paige Payne. Upgrade, okay? Um, you know when you have to spell your last name on the phone and you have to go like F-I-N-K-E-M-E-I-E-R? That's literally how you spell Finkemeyer. And now it's P-A-Y-N-E. It just flows off the tongue. Page pain. But on August 11, 2018, um, we flew down to Cabo San Lucas down in Mexico and with like a bunch of our friends and we got married. And I want you to imagine this just for a second. I'm standing there, my dad's uh, officiating the wedding, I got all my groomsmen behind me, she's got all of her bridesmaids behind her, and we're just sitting there, we're hanging out, we're having a good time, and I look at her and I say, Paige, Payne, I love you, I do, I will marry you, and then we spend seven days together, and it's like, man, marriage, this is amazing. All right, see you next year, August, we'll spend another seven days together. Hey, none of you would be like, oh, you guys are married. That's so cute, right? No, it'd be like, wait, what? You spend one week together every year? I'm like, uh-huh. It's great. We're married. Huh? And you would go, uh, what? I'm confused. Yeah, no, no. We have this awesome relationship. Like every year we get together for a week and we get super excited and we love marriage and it's fun and it's awesome. And then we go away and I see her a year later. You'd be like, um... I don't know how to tell you this. I'm 14 and I know more about marriage than you do. 
but I think a relationship has to be more than just like seven days. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And you're like, hmm, how do I explain this to you, 30-year-old? Right? Like we would all scoff at that. And we go, that's not, that's not really a relationship, right? And if you just experience something like once a year, that's not really a relationship. But I would, I would almost double down on that and go, if you just, if you just lean into a friendship for like an hour a week, that's probably not much of a friendship either. That's probably not much of a relationship either. And there's 168 hours in a week, and if you go to youth group once a week and spend about two hours there, friends, that's, that's probably not that much of a relationship either. Maybe a little bit. It's a, good, it's a good starting place. But I love talking to my students back home. They go, well, how do I have a relationship with Jesus? And I like to ask the question right back, well, how do you have a relationship with anybody? You spend time with them, you build trust, you have conversations. And that's what I wanna unpack a little bit tonight is how do we take this thing home? And how do we take what we've learned this week up here at Hume and, and when we go home next Tuesday and next Thursday and uh, a random Wednesday in the middle of August, how do we be sixth, seventh, and eighth graders that continue to walk this thing out? Okay, so John chapter 14, read this with me. This is Jesus uh, talking to his guys. And Jesus, uh, what I love about the book of John is he takes 12 chapters, John chapter 1 through 12, to really help us understand who Jesus is. Remember John chapter 20, verse 31? I've written these things down so that you might believe, and that through believing you would have life, that you would experience this different life, that Jesus would transform, that it wouldn't just be a belief up here, but it would actually change who we are. And then in John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, he takes one night and really just unpacks this one night. And a lot of it is Jesus spending time with his disciples. And this is a conversation he has with them. John chapter 14, verse 15 says this, Jesus is talking. He says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will keep them. Or sorry, and I too will love them, and I will show myself to them. Hey, turn over to John chapter 16, verse 7, and read this with me. John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus, again talking, he says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Hey, pause right there and look up at me. So John chapter 14, Jesus is using this language. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And if you keep my commands, it's because you love me. And if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And we have this relationship that exists. And then I'm actually going to send one to you, the advocate. And I'm going to be in you. And I'm going to be with you. And you're kind of like, wait, what are you talking about? And then he doubles down on his statement in John chapter 16. You ever read those verses in the Bible where you go, mm, mm-hmm, wait, what? Right? Remember we talked about this a couple nights ago. You read a verse and you're like, mm, yes, 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 good, good, good. Wait, what? Huh? This is one of those verses for me. John chapter 16, verse 7. It's better for you that I go away. Mm, yeah. Wait. Huh? Okay, let me just, just like, just talk with me for a second here, okay? Um, y'all's 
this section over here, y'all's youth pastor is Ray, right? Ryan? Ryan. What's y'all's youth pastor's name? Michael, Tim, Bobby. Okay. Your youth pastor? Nathan, Zach, TJ, Josiah. Okay. And then over here? Tommy? Tommy? Okay. Vince, Tommy, Bobby, Josiah, Zach, Ryan, Jonathan, TJ, Cassie. Okay, 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 okay. How many of y'all, how many of y'all have youth group on Wednesday nights? Okay. Thursday nights? Tuesday nights? Any, did I miss any nights? Do you have a Friday night youth group? I was going to say, people go to Friday night youth group? Like, that's, that's next level commitment, okay? Um, okay, so I just want you to just, just spitball with me for a second, okay? This next week, you go home and y'all's youth groups have like Instagram pages. Is that, yeah? Websites, Facebook, old school, kicking it old school, okay? Anybody's youth group have a TikTok? Anybody? Used to? Yeah, y'all have a TikTok? I'm impressed, okay? I tried TikTok for like three seconds and I was like, ah, I don't know. I can't, I just, too much. Okay, so uh, you go home this week and you find out on your youth group's Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, website, whatever it is, that your youth pastor, okay, is not speaking this week. Like they're not gonna be the one, the main teacher, that it's actually, you have a guest speaker in town and it's Jesus of Nazareth, okay? He's coming to your youth group this week. He's going to teach, and then he's going to do a little Q&A afterwards. And you can bring your Bibles. You can ask any question you want. You can hang out with him. You can sit across from him. Like, and Jesus might even play dodgeball with you. Who knows, okay? And he, you, you, like, throw a dodgeball at him, and he just, like, stops it. And, it. and you're like, that's not fair, Jesus, okay? Like, that's just, you can't do that, right? Like, no God powers in dodgeball, okay? So if you, if you see that Jesus is coming in the flesh, to be at your youth group, like that's probably not gonna be the youth group that you're like, mm, I'm a little tired, right? Like we just had camp last week, like I just still haven't caught up from my sleep, right? Like that's probably not gonna be the one where you're like, eh, I don't know if I wanna go. Why? Because Jesus is gonna be there in the flesh. And so how, friends, how is it possible that Jesus says, it's better for you that I go away? It's better for you that I'm actually not here in the flesh? Because I read that and go, if I'm being honest, it seems better if Jesus was like physically here. I have a lot of questions. I want to like sit down and I want to talk and I want to like look him in the eyes and go, hey, Jesus, can you help me understand some of these things? But he says this. He says, it's better for you that I go away. Why? Because I'm sending you an advocate. And in, in the way that God explains himself, the way that God reveals himself, do you remember the whole premise of scripture is this? Do you remember what it was? It was God with us, okay? So how do we see that play out? First and foremost, he's revealing himself through scripture, and then it says the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. He gives us the person of Jesus so we can look at Jesus and behold the glory of God. And then Jesus says this, it's better for you that I go away because I'm gonna send you one, the Holy Spirit, who is actually, it's a person. It's not some Holy Ghost, right? It's not like, who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters, Holy Spirit, 
No, it's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And for those of us in this room that have surrendered our life over to Jesus, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, what we talked about last night, you've bowed your knee and said, I confess with my mouth, you are Lord. The steering wheel of my life is yours. I put my trust and hope in you and you alone. For those of us that have our trust in Jesus, the, the Holy Spirit is promised to walk with us, to live within us, that we have God's presence that goes before us. That day in and day out, whether you're at Hume Lake Christian Camps or back in Bakersfield or me down in San Diego or in Tehachapi or wherever you come from, that God dwells with you there. That you can stop at any moment and worship him and talk to him. When you open up your Bible, it says that this is breathed out by God. You know what one of my favorite things to do before I open up my Bible is? Just go, hey, you wrote this, God. Would you, would you help me understand it? If we can go to the author himself when we open up his word, friends, this is something that we need to regularly practice. Hey, and as you go home, hey, here's, here's my challenge for you. Hey, I, I want to give you a little bit of a word picture and then just five things on how do we take this thing home and then we're going to be done and we're going to go up to Victory Circle, okay? Okay, so one last time, friends, do me a favor, okay? If you're falling asleep right now, it's the end of a long week, right, just sit up in your chair, okay? I, this is too important for you to miss, okay? So if you need to do one of these, like, whew, right? Like you need to wake up a little bit, like just give yourself a little, I'm awake, I'm alive, okay? Okay, where are, my, uh, where are my action sport people like skaters, surfers, snowboarders, wakeboarders, any boarders? Okay, if I do in action sports, okay, if I do this, make sure I don't hurt myself here. If I do this, what's this called? 180, okay? If I do this, what's this called? Okay, if I do this, what's this called? No, I'm just kidding, that's all I got, okay? Okay, 180, if I turn around, I'm 180, if I go all the way around 360, okay, what are these? These are, they're degrees in a circle, okay? Hey, where are my math friends at, okay? Hey, this is a, these are degrees in a circle, okay? So if I go, if I do this, I'm going 180 degrees. That's why it's called a 180. If I do full 360, it's 360, it's 360 degrees, okay? It's also, it's also very similar to how a, a compass works and navigation works. And so I want you to just imagine for a second, okay? McKinley, I've been talking to you all week, so can, can, we, can I talk to you for a second? Can we just level and let everybody else listen to us? Okay, McKinley, where, where do you live? Where's home for you? Roseville. Roseville? Okay. McKinley, if, if we were hanging out and we were talking about Roseville and where you're from and where I'm from, and I went, okay, McKinley, are you any good with directions? Sort of. Like if I was giving you directions on how to get from point A to point B, do you think you could get there? In yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, call, let's talk about Roseville. Okay, what about here at Hume? Like if we just talked about like Hume in general? Probably not. You've been here like a whole week. Like if I told you how to get to the G store? Yeah, but what about walking? Like if, we were, if I just told you to walk to the G store from here, do you think you could get there? The general store? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> G store, sorry, slang, slang, okay? The G store. Next time you're at Hume, you can call it that, okay? You think you could get there? General store? Okay, so I just want you to pretend for a second, okay, that I was giving McKinley directions, and I said this, McKinley, 
We're gonna start right here on stage and I'm gonna give you directions on how to get to a cone. I'm just gonna put a cone 100 yards away from here. I've already marked it off, 100 yards football field, right? So starting right here, middle of the stage, I'm gonna put a cone 100 yards away and then McKinley, I'm, I'm gonna take your compass, uh, your navigation, and I'm just gonna set you one degree off. If you were one degree off and you walked 100 yards, do you know how much you would miss that cone by? Five feet, okay? I like the guesses though. I like, the, I like you're like, mm, carry the six, divide by four. Okay, uh, if I told you how to get to that cone but I set you one degree off, you'd miss the cone by five feet. So not that big of a deal, right? Like you would walk the 100 yards and then you'd be five feet off and you'd be like, oh, there's the cone. And you'd walk five feet over, right? Basically the length of Nolan, like you lay Nolan down, you missed by Nolan, okay? And you go, okay, ah, oh, there's, there's the cone. And you get the cone, okay? Now, I bring you back to stage and I say this, okay? I want you to not, not walk 100 yards, I want you to walk a mile. And I take a cone and I mark off, it's a mile away, but then I set you off by one degree. Not that big of a deal. 360 degrees in a circle, I'm just putting you one degree. If you walked one degree off a mile, you'd miss my cone by 92 feet. A Little bit bigger of a deal, okay? You missed it by almost 100 feet. Now, if I said, okay, McKinley, I actually put a cone on my driveway in San Diego, okay? And we're gonna start right here, and I want you to navigate to the cone on my driveway in San Diego. But then I set you, yeah, she's going, okay? And then I set you one degree off, you're gonna miss, you're gonna miss my driveway by six miles. You're not even gonna be in my city anymore. You're gonna be in like a neighboring city. I'm gonna send you to Fallbrook and you end up in Temecula, okay? Now, if we started here at Hume, and I said, McKinley, I want you to travel. I want you to start here on the Meadow Ranch stage, and I want you to travel around the entire world, and I want you to come back and find me right here on the Meadow Ranch stage, but then I set you one degree off your course. You would miss Hume Lake by 435 miles. You'd end up somewhere in the Bay Area, and you'd be like, where's Austin? Okay, where's, and you're like, oh, Roseville, I'm home. Okay, like, you'd be, you wouldn't be close to Hume. Hey, one degree, as you go further and further out, it starts to matter. Now, if we got in a rocket ship right here at Hume Lake Christian Camps and I dropped a cone on the moon and then I set your navigation in your rocket ship and I said, and I just put you one degree off and you traveled to the moon, you would miss the moon by 4,169 miles. Hey, one degree, one degree starts to matter when it comes to navigation. Hey, so here's my, here's my hypothesis, here's my challenge, here's my invitation. As you leave here from Hume Lake Christian Camps, you're gonna be making decisions tomorrow on a Saturday as you get home. You're gonna be making decisions on Sunday, next week as the entire week goes by. And if you start making one degree compromises when it comes to your walk with Jesus, when it comes to what we've been talking about with truth all week, and you just go, well, this isn't that big of a deal. The type of music I listen to, the type of entertainment I take in, who I hang out with, right? whether I read my Bible or not, what I look at on the internet, right? Like all of these things, you just go like, well, it's just a, it's just a one degree decision. Friends, if we start making one degree off decisions next week, guess what's gonna happen? Not much. Remember the 100 yards? 
She travels 100 yards. How much does she miss the cone by? Five feet. You go, well, that's not that big of a deal. If you start making decisions, little compromises next week when it comes to your walk with Jesus, it's not going to make that big of a difference. But as you zoom out a month, six months, a year from now, right, let's just say you and I meet back up next year, week five or whatever week this is at Meadow Ranch, and I'm hanging out and I'm going, hey, McKinley, Nolan, hey, how, how's your walk with Jesus going? And you go, ah. Uh. I'm like, tell me about this year. Tell, tell me about your engagement with your youth group. Tell me about who was, who was walking with you that's older than you, a, a life group leader, a mentor. Right? Tell me about, you know, where are you at with your youth pastor? Where are you at with God's word? Where are you at with what we talked about all week last year? If we make one degree off decisions consistently over a long span of time, we're going to find ourselves incredibly off course and ask the question, how did I get here? Because it started with just such a small compromise. Okay, so here's my challenge to you. Five things, five pillars, if you will, that will keep you back on track. Because if you do this, right, like if one of you were to walk alongside McKinley, if I were to start here on stage and she was walking one degree off, and then one of you walked up beside her and went like, hey, hey, McKinley, you're actually one degree off. Let's, let's get back on course. Like, y'all ever bowled before? Like bowling? You know what I'm talking about? Y'all, like who plays with bumpers? Be honest. Anybody, anybody bowl with bumpers? Okay, that's awesome. Bowling with bumpers is the best. Why? Because you can't miss unless you're really, really, really bad, okay? But the best thing about bowling with bumpers is you can actually bowl with bumpers and you can, you can miss and then the whole goal of bumpers is that it like hits the bumper and then takes you back on track and then hits the bumper and then takes you back on track. And so I wanna give you five things that will serve like bumpers in your life that when you're one degree off course, these are the things that will help you get back on course, Hey, the first one is this, and they're all five of these things. Guess what? They're things we've been doing all week. So all you got to do is keep practicing them. The first one is this. It's the Holy Spirit. Hey, we've already been talking about this. John chapter 14, John chapter 16, the Holy Spirit is God himself for those of us who have put our hope and trust in Jesus dwelling within us. And my first challenge is this. Spend some time this year becoming more and more sensitive to the spirit in your life. Spend time with him. Listen for him. If you don't fully understand the Holy Spirit, which friends, to be honest, I wrestle with the Holy Spirit, find one of your leaders, find your youth pastor and go, hey, can you help me understand this more? Like this whole Holy Spirit thing. Maybe I get God the Father and I understand Jesus, but what is the Holy Spirit? Very simply put, the Holy Spirit is this. It's God with you. If you put your hope and trust in Jesus, God promises to be with you. And the spirit of God, if he goes before you, he absolutely serves as a bumper on a bowling alley to just, it's the, the slow, soft whisper of God going, hey, let me help you remind, remind you of the words of scripture. But if we're not careful, we can become so like, numb to the spirit because we're always busy or we're always listening to something, right? We always have AirPods in. We always turn up the music a little bit louder. We're binge watching shows, right? And none of those things are wrong in and of themselves. But if you're constantly stimulating self, yourself with like music and movies and YouTube and all these things, like it's really easy to not hear the Holy Spirit in your life. Spend some time consistently just leaning into, man, what would God be want to remind me of this week? 
What would God want to be talking to me this week? Primarily, that comes through God's word. And we're going to talk about that in just a second, okay? So bumper number one, God's spirit. If you're taking notes tonight, just write down this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says this. Walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. There's this this war waging on between your flesh, which is just what comes natural to you. Somebody two-hand shoves you, and you two-hand shove them back. Somebody says something to you, and you bark back. These these are the things that it just comes absolutely natural to you. It's the flesh. It's the reactions of the flesh. So Galatians 5.16 says, consistently walk by the Spirit, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Bumper number one. Okay, bumper number two. Worship through music. Okay, y'all, have y'all enjoyed worshiping this week, right? Like, I love, I love just standing in the back, just watching you guys get after it, right? Like, you guys, you know how to worship. You lean in, you sing loud, you engage, okay? Don't let that be a Hume thing. Worship through music is God's gift to us. Music is powerful, right? If I asked you right now, if I asked you to give me the ABCs, I said, hey, tell me the ABCs. No, none of you would go A, B, C, D. No, we would all go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Okay, why? Because we learned it in song. Like when we were kids, we learned it in song. Have you ever, have you ever heard a song before that you haven't heard in like forever, but you know every single word still? And it comes on and you're like, oh my gosh, I know every word to this song. Or like ladies in the room, where are you at? Okay. Like seriously impressive. I, during the like girls, guys split dinner, y'all remember that? Right? Like, I went upstairs to get Piper dinner, and so and I went upstairs and I like stumbled upon this girl's dinner, and I didn't know it was like girl's dinner, guy's dinner, and so I walked up there and it was like only girls in the cafeteria, and I was like, what's going on? Like all the guys got raptured or something. Like I don't, I don't know what happened. And so I'm like, I walk up there and all y'all were like singing at the top of your lungs, like standing on the tables, like, yeah, yeah. But y'all knew like, Y'all knew like every word to those songs that were playing. I was like, that's seriously impressive. Why is that, like, why does that come so naturally to us? Because music is powerful. Almost every one of Piper's toys that has like batteries and a button to it is like set to music of, in some way, shape, or form. Right? Like, remember, the, remember her horse, like night one I showed you guys? Like, she has so many toys like that. And in the middle of the night, if you kick one of those things, like if I'm like waking up to go to the bathroom or something and I kick one of those, it's like, like my soul leaves my body temporarily. It's like demons. Like it's just terrifying, okay? But she has this one toy. She has this one toy where you, you open it up and it's like these different pages, but every page has all these buttons on it. And so it's like, you turn it, you turn it, and it's like, you press a button and it's like, moon, moon. Then it's like, cow, cow. And you know what I like to do? I like to open that thing up and like mash it up. I'm like, moon. Moon, 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 cow, 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 moon, cow, moon, cow, moon, cow, moon, cow. And I'm like, and Piper and me are just like chilling out. It's like her toys, they're all set to music, all of them. Why? Because we understand the way that we learn things is so often through music. And so God has given us this gift of music. And friends, worship through music is the coolest thing. Why? Two things. Two things. 
It gets our attention off of us and it puts it on him. And so much of our time is spent with attention on us. And, and worship through music is just a moment where we get to come and we get to give him the glory that he deserves. Number two, the lyrics of worship music are powerful. They remind us of truth, of who God is, and in light of who God is, who we are. And so if you have like a Spotify or an Apple Music or whatever, or if like you don't know where to start with worship music, find any member of the band and just go, hey, can you tell me the songs we sang this week? And just download some playlists on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Music. Make worship music a regular pattern in your life, and it will serve as a bumper, and it'll keep you on track, on course when it comes to walking with Jesus. Hey, number three. Number three is God's word. Hey, God's word. And you might go, well, duh, obvious, right? Like pastor guy telling me to read my Bible more. Hey, but if I, if I had to venture a guess, if I had to venture a guess, my guess would be that when it comes to reading God's word, there are times in our lives where we open this book up and maybe it's a little bit confusing. And maybe we go, eh, I don't, I don't really know what to do with this. I don't really know, like... I wrestle with it. I want to read it. Maybe this is like your, maybe this is your, your statement more often than not. Like, I know I should read it. Okay, but if Paige, my wife, wrote me a love letter and I walked up to you and you were like, what's that? And I'm like, mm, it's a letter. Paige wrote it to me. And you'd be like, oh, that's cool. And I'd be like, yeah, I should probably read it. You'd be like, wait, what? Like, are you guys okay? And I'm like, no, yeah, like, it's great, but like, I should probably read this, right? You'd be like, um, I'm confused. Or like, if my wife writes me a love letter, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear that thing open and be like, ugh, she loves me, right? Like, it's fun. See, if we actually believe that this is the greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told in its entirety, guys, this should be a book that we open up and we get excited to read. But I think the problem is, is, is we miss that what this story is, we miss how this Bible was written more often than not. Um, any Marvel fans in the house? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've come to the conclusion that there's two types of Marvel fans. I don't really know too many people that are like, oh, I hate Marvel, okay? I know there's probably some, but for the most part, I think there's like, I think there's like Marvel fans, those of you that just like screamed your lungs out, okay? And then there's like, there's like, there's like Marvel fans, okay? So there's people that are like, they're like, they're into it. They're like deep Marvel fans. And then there's like people like me that are more like, yeah, Marvel fans. Like I'll, I'll see the movies, like I like them fine, okay? But I was recently at a, I was at a movie theater and I was watching, we rented out like a whole movie theater for our young adults ministry. And I was watching uh, Marvel Endgame whenever, whenever that came out, okay? And I'm sitting in the theater and I, I get one of my buddies sitting next to me, his name's Sean. He's like a Marvel fan, okay? Like super fan. And I'm like a Marvel fan. Like, yeah, like I, I like the movies, fine, whatever. Okay, and there's a scene in Endgame where um, Tha Thanos, Thanos, Thanos? his name? Okay. Thanos is like, he's got the like axe, right? And he's like pressing it into Thor's chest. And it's like this, this dramatic moment where he's pressing it into his chest. And then all of a sudden the camera does this amazing thing where it like pans up over Thanos' shoulder. And here comes like out of nowhere, like boom, hits Thanos in the back of the head. And then this hammer flies back. And then the camera like pans more and boom. Blue spandex boy catches it, right? 
Captain America. And, and when I was watching this movie, when Captain America catches the hammer, the entire theater lost their minds, okay? Everybody just was like, like the music. And I'm sitting there going, huh? I don't, I don't get it. Like I, his spandex is great, right? He's got a star in his, like I don't get it. What happened? Like it's a hammer. I'm confused, right? I didn't, I just didn't understand it, right? And that's this, so I look over to my buddy, Sean, and I go, Sean, bro, what just happened? And he looks at me, he literally does this. He looks at me and he's like, Oh, like so annoyed with me. And I was like, bro, can you not make me feel so dumb, please? Like what, what happened? And he's like, oh, you don't get it. And I'm like, I know I don't get it. Like that's what I'm asking. And he goes, he's worthy. And I'm like, he's worthy of what? Like I don't, I don't understand. And he goes, oh. And he goes, he goes, okay, let me explain this to you. Because in one of the other Marvel movies, there's this skinny little kid from Brooklyn, and he wants to be a soldier super bad, but he keeps getting rejected, and then he finally gets in because he fakes something, blah, 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 and then he jumps on a grenade, and it's not actually a grenade, but they're studying him, and they see, like, oh, maybe this kid could be a super soldier, and then they throw him in this machine, and then he's, like, in the machine, and this bright light's coming out, and they're like, shut it down, and he's like, oh, I can handle it, right? And then he comes out, like, yoked, six-foot-five Captain America, and then Captain America, <laughs> Captain America is, like, Walking, you know, he becomes an Avenger and he's like kind of the like unofficial leader of the Avengers. And then meanwhile, there's this guy named Thor and he's from like outer space or something, like another realm. And then Thor is gifted a hammer and on the side of this hammer, right, and the hammer's named like Jonathan or something, okay? And on the side of the hammer is inscribed that like only he who is worthy can hold this hammer, can use this hammer, can wield this hammer. And so earlier in the movies, there's this big green guy named the Hulk, and he tries to pick up Thor's hammer, and his feet like sink into the asphalt, and he can't pick it up because it's not a matter of strength, it's a matter of worthiness. And so in this moment, right, where all seems lost, and Captain America, <laughs> blue spandex boy, catches the hammer, contextually, if you've seen all the movies, you can understand what's actually happening here. You go, he's worthy. And I'm like, oh, like... That makes a lot of sense. But friends, what was I missing? I was missing context. I was missing filling in the gaps on what's going on. And so do you know what I think happens more often than not? I think when we open up this book and we're confused and we don't really know what's going on. Do you remember last night when we were talking about the prodigal son? Do you remember this? Yeah. Friends, we good over here? We good? Yes? Okay, cool. Okay. Do you remember, do you remember last night when we were talking about the prodigal son and I said, there was a younger son and he looked at his dad and he said, give me half of your inheritance. Like give me what's due me and I'm going to go and I'm going to squander it in this foreign land. And we all sit there and go, okay. And then I go, whoa, if we were a first century Jewish audience, we would understand that this means he's looking at his dad saying, I wish you were dead. And we all go, whoa, that's a much bigger deal. Do you remember in John chapter 1, verse 14, when I said the word became flesh and tabernacled among us and nobody reacts? Like, why can I say the word marvel and y'all lose your mind? And then I go, friends, okay, ready? <laughs> the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. <laughs> now, now, right, you're like me going, oh, oh. It took me a second. It took me understanding the context of the Old Testament to go, 
I, I get what God's trying to do there. I get what he's trying to communicate, that this isn't just a bunch of random verses put together, that it's telling one single story. If I can give you maybe a greater encouragement than any other, if you hear nothing else this week, be the type of sixth grader, be the type of seventh grader, be the type of eighth grader that takes this book seriously, that dives in, that just has a deep hunger to consume this thing. Dive in, read, circle things. When you don't know what it means, don't just skim past it. In my Bible, y'all, there's like words that are circled. There's things that are like question mark, exclamation mark, right? I have things in here that are like, there's like a line that says LOL. I'm like, what is what? Like, what does that mean? Or I'm like, ah, classic God, right? Like, that's hilarious. Friends, if you think this book is boring, it's probably because you haven't read it. Hey, don't let this sit dusty on your shelf. Be a junior hire that takes this seriously. It'll be one of the greatest bumpers in your life that will keep you on track, okay? Two more, and then we're gonna be done. Number one is, or sorry, number four is each other. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man or so one woman sharpens another. Friends, we need each other. Remember the zebra in the Sahara? Right? You were never meant to do this life alone. And if you try to go down the hill and walk out your Christianity by yourself, you're gonna be exactly like a lone zebra in the Sahara. Dead, right? It doesn't happen. I've never, ever, ever met a follower of Jesus who has long-term faithfully followed Jesus and hasn't been plugged into a local church. I've never met one. Hey, you need your church. You need your youth group. Take it seriously. Don't be the type of junior hire that just goes when it's convenient or goes twice a month. Be somebody that leans in, that serves in your youth group, that asks hard questions of your life group leaders, of your youth pastors. Lean into your church. And last but not least is prayer. Hey, I love one of my friends defined prayer for me like this. She said, prayer is simply spending time with the person that loves you the most. Hey, and if you're anything like me, right, like I, prayer's kind of hard for me. I, I wrestle with it. I struggle with it. Sometimes I feel like I'm just like talking to the ceiling, right? Or, or sometimes I'm like, wait, does, do my prayers matter? Do they change anything? But when I start to view prayer as spending time with the person who loves me the most, it changes everything for me. And every time you get distracted or every time your mind drifts off, just let prayer be the type of thing that you just go, God, I just want to, I just want to spend time with you. I just want to come back into your presence. And can I, just, can I just like clear something up real quick? Okay, God doesn't speak New King James. And like the amount of students I've talked to that I'm like, hey, will you, will you pray for tonight? Or will you pray for this? And they're like, well, I don't know how. And I'm like, well, that's weird because you were talking to me three seconds ago. And, and like you can carry on a conversation with me and then when it comes to God, you're like, dearest heavenly father, think thouest, for the sanctification of the emancipation of the proclamation of the shedding of the righteousness of, and I'm like, what are you doing, right? Like, what are you, like, if you talk like that in real life, knock yourself out, right? Like, if you're Mr. and Mrs. Shakespeare, and, the, and like, that's how you interact with the, your peers, then go ahead, talk to God like that too. But if you know how to carry on a conversation, guys, prayer, God invites you into just carrying on conversations with him. Father, when God invites his kids to talk to him, guess how he says, he says, call me Abba, call me Abba. Abba means, it's like Papa. 
It's, 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 like, it's like a, what a kid would say. Like if Piper walks up to me, she goes, if I haven't seen Piper for a little bit and I walk into the room, she goes, hi, dada. Why? Because she just goes, dad, that's my dada, dada. It's just a, it's a word that a kid can say. When he's instructing his children how to talk to him, he goes, just call me Abba. He's not like dearest heavenly father. Like what is that, right? Like why do we do that? A prayer is simply spending time with the person who loves you the most. So these five things, friends, what are the bumpers that keep us on track? Remember with McKinley, I go, hey, if you're one degree off, that one degree is going to make a big difference. How do you course correct for the next week, for the next six months, for the next year when it comes to walking with Jesus? Number one is the Holy Spirit. Hey, be somebody that walks by the Spirit. Number two, worship through music. Make it a regular pattern of your life. Number three, dive into God's word. Number four, each other. You need the church. And number five, spend time in prayer. Make it a consistent part of your life. Hey, I'm gonna pray for you guys. I love you a ton. Right? My hope is that you lean into your church. Keep walking with Jesus. Hey, let me pray for us and then we're gonna be done. God, thank you for tonight. God, thank you for the opportunity that we have to just lean in this week to an awesome community of people and worship you through music, God, and spend time opening up your word. God, may these be things that we continue to practice when we go home. We love you. Thanks for loving us first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.